On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day amigos and welcome to the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this Wednesday night with Vinny Venezuela. Good evening. Uh, yes, there's uh, Carlos Alberto Diego, you're here as well. How are you there, Rodrigo? Yes, and I just thought I'd, I'd I know say, you mixed it up a bit. I thought I'd mix it up just to make sure that uh, Warren was awake. G'day, Warren. <laughs> yeah, I've prioritised the not Diego's. Warren. You're not Warren. No, I'm a... I'm a Cardboard cutout yes. of the guy. No, I've prioritised the Diego's this week. Good, good. So I'm here, and um, actually, we took a bit of a poll with yeah, our listeners last poll. week, and uh, a yep. lot of them said, "Do not have him back in." Yep, yep. yep. We said the question was so the hot topic was, should we have Warren back in, given that he doesn't come in every time? That's right. And they said categorically, it was actually it was the most damning uh, statistical. Survey that I've ever been involved with. Yeah, ninety nine percent. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those one of those stupid yeah. ones that Fox Sports do. You know, during games. We, we, yeah, yeah. 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 We now had I, one. We had one. Should Tony Abbott replace Warren? Yeah. And Tony Abbott's got the <laughs> job Overwhel- if he wants it. Overwhelmingly, <laughs> now fans I know, would I, rather have him than you. I was actually going to say, now I know what Tony Abbott feels like. But uh, why couldn't have you sent me that before I got in the car tonight? If um, no, but I, no, it's because we actually wanted you in. Can I say something? I'm I'm a bit nervous. Why? Not because I haven't done radio for a while. I need to say this: a shout out to my daughter Lily, who will be asleep. But I think it's important for her to realise I'm a bit nervous. Yeah, she's making her first ever appearance on a soccer field on the weekend. Oh, really? And she's decided, in her infinite wisdom, she wants to be the goalkeeper. Yep. Ooh. Now, oh, I don't know whether that's... she's got strong hands. Well, well she's well, going to need to be more reliable than you. I can. She did. It. She did play a, a series of practice matches about three weeks ago, one yep. of those round robin preseason tournaments, and uh, she did okay. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know, know. My feelings about goal. Do you pigeonhole somebody as a goal? <laughs> like she's an under eleven kid. But like, did, hang on, did she start running around on the field first and no. slowly got? She's taken just, back into no, no, from, she's from striker to midfield to defender, then to goalkeeper. Who wants to be goalkeeper? And she's put up her hand and said, <laughs> yeah. "I'll be the goalkeeper." The, the, the scary thing for Lily is that um, all all the A League players' daughters who you've been bagging bagging <laughs> out this year, they're also making their debut against that's Lily. Right. No, we're we're going out to Melton with on all, Sunday for oh, the first geez. up appearance. You know, that's going. That's like going to Mars to play football. You know, with yeah. all your cachet that you've built up mm-hmm. over you know the many years of doing the Diego, surely Melissa Barbieri will. Yeah, oh, actually, one-on-one I mentor. thought that I might ring Andrew Redmaid up and actually... <laughs> yeah, he was not your best actually, friend. Is she playing at McPherson's Park yeah, in Coburn's is. Road? Yeah, yeah, yes, she is. I played exactly many there. games yep, there, yep, there. Uh, in the middle of the so week. So good luck to her Freezing in cold. advance. Good yep. on you, Warren. It's, uh, you know, it's always cold on. there. Yeah, it is. Lily. It's an 8.30 start. Yeah. Yeah. She'll need a snood. There you go. Sorry. Hey, we've got a show to talk about, you know, football, of course. And thanks to Finey on another great show, of course. And he'll be back tomorrow from 7. And, of course, the Wonder Years with Stephen Milne and Troy Zantak. Always good listening just before the Diego's. Warming you up, according to Milne, for the Diego. So, hey, we're going to take your calls tonight. If you'd like, 9429-1116. There are a couple of ACL games as well, the Asian Champions League tonight. 
Suwon Blue Wings defeated Brisbane Raw 3 1. Raw got a consolation goal a little bit late, but, uh, and of course, last night, Western Sydney Wanderers and FC Seoul uh, played out a one all draw, which was. Uh, goal line uh, goal controversy, very, too, yes. Yes. Um, See what? They, they, in the Asian Champions League, West Sydney Wanderers do get the rub of the green, don't they? They've had a bit of luck, Absolutely. Carlos. The referees <laughs> love the boys at West Sydney Wanderers, so yes, uh, they wonder if a lot of question marks over from the final. Remember yep. the final, some of the refereeing there and, uh, and the other night too. Well, good on them. Take it while you can get it because uh, the symmetry of football means that at some stage you're going to be on the receiving end too. Did uh, you hear that story of the referee in South America? I don't know whether it was in Argentina but uh, he'd given a penalty because he thought the, the defender had handballed it. That's right. But then uh, the assistant said, no, no, it was the striker who handballed it. It's not a penalty. And so he'd given a red card to the defender, and but then called the guy back. So he reversed all of his decisions <laughs> because of honesty. And yeah. a bit of, just shows that technology can work mm. and the right thing can occur. And now he's just um, he's on the ropes. Everyone's going for him. For doing the right thing. Mm. I was just going to say, I was watching that Western Sydney Wanderers game last night. Did you see Kieran Bullitt, the two bulls, go at each other with their... They, yeah. they came together like mm. two... And yeah, He scores for fun. He does? He does. He, he's not re-signed. He's not, he hasn't got a contract he's, for he's next only, year. He's only, he? I think he's an injury replacement player, but I think uh, Popper knows him from uh, from his time in the uh, coaching the youth team there at uh, Sydney FC and... And uh, has always wanted him back, and looks like you know if Sydney don't, oh, sorry, West Sydney don't sign him, someone else will. He just scores every time he's on the field. Definitely, he's one of those guys you wouldn't look in the eye; you'd look on at yeah. him in the tat. You know, <laughs> yeah, you'd, look right. at his, you'd look at his tat. He's got a bit of ink. Them, yeah, a little bit of ink. His eyes there. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah the star in the eyes. Very. We scary. don't have ink, and I've always wondered if, if are you allowed to ask someone with ink about their ink? Can you just say why did you get that tattoo there, or? Yeah. Can you tell me more about that tattoo? The I'm, back. I'm story? pretty sure you can. Is that allowed? Because once upon a time, it was it was very intimidating. They wouldn't to do talk that. about it. You wouldn't. Well, you wouldn't. You, yeah. you, you weren't even allowed to look but at they, people they with were, tattoos. They were the days back in the 60s and 70s and yeah. 50s, 60s, 70s, where the guys who got tats were genuinely tough. Yeah, you didn't muck around. <laughs> yeah, right. Now they're all got the tats. In fact, it's tougher these days not to have a tat. That's what I keep saying. Like us. Yeah, many well, of our listeners oh, no. will have tats. Yeah. Uh, so send us a text message. If, you know, would you be happy for us to ask you about your tats? <laughs> or if they were suggesting a tat for each one of the Diegos, yes. what would you? Because yeah. there's and a, where would you put it? There's a Tim Kale. <laughs> Tim Kale does a bit of an ad on Foxtel at the moment, yeah. talking about the significance yeah. of his tat and mm. and what's the meaning of it and, and everything like that, mm. which I found very interesting. Mm. I'm not sure whether everyone who gets a tat has got a deep and meaningful story about... I mean, I'd just prefer the old sailors who 30 years ago <laughs> yeah, said, you, you know, I had a few too many yeah. and ended up just getting... Popeye. Your mum yep. sort of on, on, the, on yeah. the arm, and that was it, mm. you know? That's almost sounding like a hot topic, boys, but uh, <laughs> we, we won't necessarily go with that because it's not football-related yeah. necessarily, but... Uh, the hot topic tonight, Carlos, is yeah. an interesting one. Oh. Yeah, based on the uh, the anyone who was uh, at the Melbourne City uh, business lunch today, I wasn't there, but uh, Michael Lynch has written a really good article. Obviously, he was invited as media, and uh, I'm well, sure he he's written businesses. A, he's written a fantastic uh, article about the night, and I think that's between the wines and the and the beers and it was the during the day, antipasto and the ravioli that he was having during the day. But uh, <laughs> Ange Postecoglou was uh, one of the guest speakers. And yep. he came out very bullish, and I think he's earned this right because of the champion, the winning the Asian Champions League. What did you say? 
He actually said that... Uh, well, it was a good draw against Germany, a good draw yeah, against Macedonia. Well, he's, he's, he's pumping it all he's up. He's earned it, yeah, but they were draws. Yeah, but, no, but they, <laughs> good draws. Uh, they won the Asian Cup and he's very confident at the moment, very bullish about things. And they asked him about the, uh, the World Cup in Russia in 2018 and he hasn't even talked about having to qualify. That, that's just that. A, that's just a given that we're going to qualify. Complete. But he's going to go there and he's, gonna, he's actually told the crowd that he wants to go there and create some damage. He wants to actually scare people, and he wants to win the World Cup, right? Now, did he say that? He, he today? also he also qualified all oh, that by saying the by saying it might sound crazy, right? Oh, yeah, but of we're going to go and try. There's no parameters. There's no targets. There's no goals. We're Nothing goes. We're going to go and win the World Cup or try to win the World hmm. Cup. Now, for me, it's not crazy, Ange. That's not crazy. That's how I like to think. <laughs> There's no reason why. We're the Asian champions. We've just joined with Germany. People fear us. We'll stomp all over Cambodia or Laos or whoever we play <laughs> off next. That's right. And we'll, go, we'll just knock everyone over in the Asian qualifiers. We'll get to Russia and there'll be some schmuck media guy who says, oh, we'll, we'll be, you know, the bottom of the group of death and we won't get past the group stage. That's what Ange loves. And Carlos. we're going to get through. And why not? Why not think about... Mm. Winning a World Cup. Ange will be requesting certain teams in his group. He want, he, he'll say, yeah. give me Spain again. Yeah. I want, give me the Netherlands again. Give me, give me Real Madrid of 1963. <laughs> okay. We're ready. Yeah. Give me the best teams ever to play the game and I'll take them on. I think that's fantastic. So what's the hot topic tonight? The hot topic tonight, tonight is... On the back of that. Uh, what was the hot topic? Well, the hot topic yeah. is there... <laughs> Is it the right attitude? Yeah, that's right. Are no, we going to win? Should... No, no. Can we win the World Cup in 2018? Is that, or is it, or well, that, that, that was more emphatic, but yeah. I, I wrote down, is there any possibility yes, that's right. that's of right. Australia that's right. winning the World Cup in 2018? Yeah. We're not sure if um, Europe's going to boycott Russia. We, yeah. They might. Yeah. Abs- <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. 0 4 yeah. just on that, we, we, could do, we could win the one in Qatar. <laughs> we were a chance. Yeah. No, it's too hard over there. You're, not, you're boycotting that, aren't you, yeah. Vinny? Well, you know, if, if people offer me the, the, <laughs> the appropriate inducements, You're such a mercenary. Mm. I'm also I'm bullish normally, but I just want to qualify. Qualification's not automatic. It is automatic. It is not automatic. God, we made the last three after not going anywhere for the first thirty-eight years after seventy-four. But I will say this: that you get out of the group stages, and that's a caveat on this. You get out of the group stages, and then knockout matches. If you look at the way Costa Rica played in the last World Cup, if you look at um, other teams, you you make the you make the knockout. It's not far fetched so to be able to. So it's possible. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. I'll take you back to two thousand five, two thousand six rather. Uh, we qualified, played Italy. We should have beaten Italy. If we could, if we could shoot at goals, we we should have beaten Italy. Or keep we our like, feet. Uh, really, if we'd gone into extra time, we we're seconds away from extra time. We would have yep. won that mm. game. Next game was Ukraine. Yes. We would have beaten Ukraine. Yes. Suddenly it's semi-final time and it's anyone's it's game. It's anyone's game. Semi-final fact, time, anyone's game. We would have won that World Cup. <laughs> you know, another thing. And, and by oh, the way, can you I, know, I, I'll take you back. to Italy. Yeah. We, we, we didn't beat. They had 10 men, if I recall. And, That's not our fault. Yeah, but they were uh, dead we, on, we couldn't they, penetrate. They, they were dead on their feet, Vinny. They were getting if a bit it, tired. If, but... if, if it had gone to extra time, we would have won that game. Let me take you back to 97 <laughs> and 97, 98. I was younger then too. Terry Venables. That was, of course, yes. the, the, the tragic. You know, we were yes. all shattered by well, the we Iran. Don't like talking yeah, about that's right. The Iran two all qualify. Terry Venables been quoted saying, "If he took that Australian side that didn't qualify because Iran, you know, knocked us out, 
if he had taken that side to France 98, he said they would have given the World Cup a shake back then with that team. And I thought, I'll tell you what, that side, if you look at the players in that team, it was close to our best ever side, mm, but yeah. didn't play in the World Cup. So for me, good on you, Ange. Uh, you're not crazy. I think it's good to go with no boundaries, no boundaries, free spirit. Have a crack at people and see what happens. Do you know another thing that he said at this dinner, and not that I was there either. It was Eating maybe because you should have gone for lunch. Oh yeah, uh, I got yeah. there a bit late. <laughs> he actually said, he actually said that the FFA should seriously explore a permanent training base or training facility for the Socceroos to be able to prepare. Now, I think that is an outstanding idea. As to whether that could ever come into fruition, it probably wouldn't be in Australia, though, if he decided to do that sort of thing. Well, you know, they've got um, an AIS base in Milan. Yes. For example, Uh, a lot of our uh, athletes go over to Europe to compete in athletics or whatever it may be, rowing or whatever. They have a a base in Milan. So that's not so far-fetched. In fact, for many decades now, they've talked about, the FFA have talked about uh, buying an English football club and having that as a, a home for Aussies. Now, it's, it's not practical that every Aussie would go and play there, but that was the idea of buying some first division club or whatever it may be and, and having our boys, especially the younger guys, go through there, start learning yep. their football through there. But I, I can't see how that would work, but it has been spoken of. They could have pie nights. <laughs> you know, that would be right. fun. I still yeah. love the pie nights, Vinny. There you go. Ange, probably when he made that comment, didn't think it'd get a lot of airplay, but uh, bang, Australia can win the World Cup, according to Carlos. I'm not so sure. No, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. I'm not saying oh, we're going to be red hot. You've got a dream. Yeah, we're it's not We're, we're not red hot favourites for the World Cup, but it's possible that we could win it. I think Daniel says it here. Boys, at this stage, we will win the World Cup before Liverpool finish top four again. Does he need a Liverpool support? It's very insightful, Daniel. Well done. There you go. 942-911-16. Give us a call or 433-981116. Is there any possibility of Australia winning the World Cup in 2018? Yeah. Like, he couldn't do it, but couldn't he just say, boys, Socceroos, current Socceroos, current 80 Socceroos that I'm going to take to the World Cup, put some money on it now so that they're in the mindset that they're going to get some money back on it. Yeah. Back yourselves. I'll tell you one thing, that like South Korea, if Katash... If Qatar should have been where it should have been, and that is in Australia, I tell you what, red hot, Ange Postacoglu coach team playing a World Cup in Australia. Six years under the under Ange I tell team. you now, I tell you, they would give it's a certainty. lot of, <laughs> certainty. They would give a lot of teams a hell of a... I mean, you use the South Korean model, you know, under Goose Hitting. I am absolutely convinced that if it was here... It, they would be even better chance of going a long, long way in the competition. We, we still need, speaking seriously for a moment, you still need, I think, to win a World Cup, you need to have three players who are in the top ten players in the world. I think you've got to have that. Um, so we'd need the equivalent of Harry Kuehl at his you know, best. You'd need a, a Lionel Messi. You'd need, a, you'd need a, a, either a Lionel Messi or a Ronaldo of some sort or um, some of the great players of the German side, some of the great players. The, you need three or four players who are in that top ten players in the world, I And reckon. as to whether we're ever going to get to that. Well, you know, if the, I tell you what, if the whole thing about getting the World Cup in 2022 was this ten-year lead-in, 
where you would suddenly start focusing on the 10-year-olds and the 12-year-olds and start working on them. And you don't have to qualify. And you don't have to qualify, so you knew you were going to get there. And can you imagine the programs and the investment you'd have in the, the yep. young kiddies now? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I know it's Lil, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the Matildas and so oh, forth. Yeah, but uh, they'd be investing heavily in that, getting the best coaches in the world to come and work with that group of players, that cohort of players. And you never know what you get by the time they're 20, you know, 22, 23 years old. John in uh, Heathmont says, Gents, being positive is one thing, but to say we can win the 2018 World Cup is many bridges too far. Let's aim to get out of the group stage first. That's more realistic. Thanks, John. Not according to uh, Ange. Uh, and w- w- what I'm saying, though, uh, John, is that it's possible. Yeah, It's possible. I'm not saying we're going to win okay. it. We're not red-hot favourites, but it's possible. You've Plan- said that, Carlos, a few yeah. times, but I'm, I'm yeah. sure on Twitter Planets they're saying Carlos has said Australia can win the World Cup. Anyway, I don't actually let's... think it's possible at all. I think it's, uh, I think it's a nice idea, and I think you need to be positive about yeah. what you're there to do. Vinny yeah. doesn't but agree. Seriously. Hmm. You know. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, that game, you know, would be played at the MCG, or probably not because it's uh, uh, head offices in Sydney. But uh, they're talking about the A-League Grand Final potentially being played... Where, where are they going to... I'm, I'm the MCG. Uh, but that was... My reading of that was only if the two Melbourne yes, sides made course, the grand final. True. Well, of course. And I, I'd be really interested to know what you guys think. They've had 50,000 at Eddie had for, yep. a, for a Melbourne City, Melbourne victory. If the planets align, and I don't even know if victory finish first and City finish... Six, they could finish fifth, depending on what happens with Perth Glory. I don't even know whether it could happen. But do you reckon they'd get more than fifty thousand to a grand final at the G if the two Melbourne teams played? Well, we ran a hot topic today on uh, on half show, um, on half time today, and we threw it open, and there was more than you know, I was actually a bit surprised. I, I would think after the mistakes I've made with my estimations in the past with games <laughs> at the MCG, where I picked sixty thousand turning up for the Liverpool Melbourne victory game. I'm now more confident of going a bit higher. I was going around about the 70 mark, mm-hmm. uh, but there were people who ringing up today and uh, and sending in text messages saying that they thought 80 to 90 was quite possible oh. for a Melbourne City Melbourne victory grand final. That's well hyped up. That uh, the tickets well marketed and, well by, marketed and what and they prices. were saying and what they were saying is it would be better for the FFA to make make it really affordable for everyone to go yep. and just pack out that MCG and make a huge statement for Australian football. Yeah, I agree. Would yes, the pie still the... be $4? <laughs> well, apparently the beer cups are a bit smaller <laughs> no, based on the fact head. they're that cheaper. I don't know if I'm a fan of playing at the G just for the sake of playing at the G because it's but a very big place. But if you fill it, but if you fill it for an A-League grand final with City and victory, nah. oh, I don't like the roundness. Oh, don't worry about the roundness. <laughs> don't worry about rather, the roundness. I'd rather fill up a, you know, a football-specific stadium and just... Uh, and but just that's keep, why you're you know, an artist, round- Finney. You're not, you're, not a, you're not a businessman. But Finney, <laughs> no, I'm not a businessman. And the, that explains the round, a lot. The roundness... If we put an abstract track around it's, the outside of it, don't we have a big stadium in Italy or in, in one of those places? I, mean, I, I wouldn't I, play there either. But, the, I just don't like the roundness. It's overness, I like the intimacy. By the way. The it's overness. Yes, I, I like the intimacy. Yeah, I like us. But we don't have Vinny. We don't have. We've got Amy Park that does that. No, no. And it's only got thirty-one thousand. And Finnegan, it got me angry again today when we were talking about it. How stupid that that whole thing was that we built a thirty-one thousand capacity stadium for football when it should have been forty thousand when victory were. 
bringing 50,000 into Etihad mm. in year two. I just can't believe... Someone did send through a text saying apparently with the contract of Etihad that they couldn't have a second stadium that had more than 30,000. Yeah, right. yeah, but exactly. surely, government, please. <laughs> you know, it, it, it'll become a, a, a white elephant, that thing, because, you know, sooner or later in the next 20 years... City and Victory will have averages of more uh, crowds of that average more than thirty thousand for their games if well, the, the football keeps on improving the way it is. Doesn't FIFA want forty thousand minimum anyway for, for World Cup stadiums? World Cups, and, right. yeah, yeah. So it was done it's, just it's, for that reason. And you can't just put another tier on that thing because of the bubbles. You know, the <laughs> yeah. bubble roof. Although well, they they can fix it. Engineering. <laughs> well, put another Fancy level architects. on it. Becomes a cloud, doesn't yeah. it? Exactly. Put bubbles, says the architect. So we put bubbles. Like, <laughs> yeah. We've got plenty more <laughs> to talk about. We've got a lot more to talk about. We've got the A League, of course, oh. to talk about. We'll talk about Perth Glory a little bit more. Um, of course, there was it was an ACL game tonight. Two on Blue Wings defeated uh, Brisbane Raw three one. Thrashed them, really? Yep. Well, they thrashed them. Yep. And last night, Western Sydney Wanderers and FC Seoul uh, played out a one all draw. And there were a couple of NPL games as well. Heidelberg two defeated Port Melbourne nil, and Avondale FC one defeated Pasco Vale nil. I went to uh, an NPL one uh, Division one game on Monday night. A uh, uh, Bulleen Veneto Club versus. Um, Bulleen Lions, I think. Melbourne City. Melbourne City, and they defeated them 2-0 in comprehensive fashion to the boys at uh, the Veneto Club. Well done. It was a really great game. There you go. Enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, good. I like having these uh, at night. They, yeah. know, they look like a good atmosphere. I saw the photo, Carlos. I couldn't yeah. get to that, but uh, saw the photo. It looked like it was a, it looked like it was a good the night. The Paninis were fantastic yeah. there, now, Rodrigo. Carlos, with regards to MPL1, Melbourne City and Victory, am I correct, have got teams... Are they, is that a youth team or are they senior players not getting a game? What's the makeup of those oh, it teams? Was very interesting. They had uh, City had Stefan Mork playing for them, plus two other guys who were apparently in the senior squad, and uh, all their championship winning youth team. So they had the full full uh, complement yep. there, and uh, and the Bulleen boys had the local Bulleen boys. It was just it was a really great contest. And uh, the Bulleen boys weren't out of their depth. In fact, uh, they they probably should have won it four nil. Uh, with or four one with City creating one really good chance, but Bulleen I thought were the were comfortably the better side on the I night. I like their coach. You just look over their coach. Oh yes, uh, uh, he's yes. got a future. Yeah, he looks uh, a lot like Elvis Gringo, he one does. of the Diego's many years ago. <laughs> he does. Mm. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with your calls and more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Mama wanted me to be a preacher. I told her the preaching and coaching were a lot alike. I don't think she believed me. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diegos. On 1116 SEN, the four Diegos. Yes, we're here on a Wednesday night on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. We were talking before the break about a whole lot of things, but uh, actually also the hot topic tonight, is there any possibility of Australia winning the World Cup in 2018 after Ange Postacoglu says that we want to go to the World Cup and scare Mm. the life out of all the other teams he did that at the Melbourne City... uh, um, business luncheon today and uh, and win the World Cup. So on the back of that, we've had interesting texts. Um, look at the Greek. Look at Greece. No top world players, but a committed team spirit won the Euros. 
uh, beating Zidane's France and a hot Czech side in the final, of course we can win the World Cup. And can I throw another example? Because there's only two in my in my memory that uh, that Greece in uh, 2004 and also I think it was 1994 when Denmark won the Euros. They were another team. Had Peter Schmeichel in it before. He was a big name before. I think before he went to Man U. Uh, but they were another team of very sort of good professionals but no stars who went on to win that one. We may get out of the group stage, maybe win a shootout with Costa Rica, but really no. Dean in crib point. Two names, Chris Economides and Panos Amanarakis, uh, two Aussie teenagers uh, playing in Serie A. Start capping them from Nick in Carnegie, and Ooh. maybe maybe we can win the World yeah. Cup. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'll take your calls and your text messages on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. There was an Asian Champions League game tonight. Suwon Blue Wings three thrashed Brisbane Roar one, and uh, that means Brisbane Roar. Uh, Outside of the top two now, and uh, Western City Wanderers still in second place after their FC sole draw last night. Let's go to Thomas in Taylor's Lakes. Uh, wants to talk about uh, Melbourne City season so far. G'day, Thomas, and welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. How are you going? Yeah, Very not good. bad at all. Um, first point I'd like to make, I'll just answer the question. I reckon a better goal for the Socceroos would be to try and beat a top 10 team at a World Cup. Instead of, instead of thinking, you know, leaps and bounds, how, if we can beat a France or a Germany at a World Cup, that's going to be huge for our country. I think yeah. that would be a better goal. Um, and second of all, I'd just like to get your opinion. I'm a big city supporter. I've been a big heart supporter, so I just naturally went to city. How do, you, how do you rate their season so far? Because for us as supporters, it's a bit in the middle. Like, we've, we've had some good moments, but we've also had some bad moments. It's just, it's hard to judge. Yeah, no, I like you, Thomas. I do have an, I do have a, a liking for Melbourne City and Melbourne Heart. I would say to you that if they make the top six, which they should do, and if they don't, everything that I'm going to say now is going to be completely irrelevant because they've choked. I think that would have been their objective. My sense is that recently, I feel like they may have changed the culture around the team being harder to beat, particularly away from home. They've become a bit more of a a more difficult team to beat. I take that result against Western Sydney where they just found a way to, to win in the previous uh, draw in the previous week. They found a way to get a result that was going to give them the best advantage. I think the jury's out in terms of how far they can go. They've had a lack of continuity in terms of personnel this season with regards to, to injuries and suspensions and a few other things. So I think they've turned their personnel around. Jacob Melling's been a real fine for me. He's been injured. So they've got younger players coming through. I'll be thinking they make finals, competitive first game. Why not, you know, if they get Wellington even away from home, they should be a red-hot chance of actually making a, a dip. So I would say at the moment I'm thinking it's about a 6.5 out of 7 out of 10, but lots of room to improve going forward. I think they can win a final. Uh, they should make – if they don't make the finals, it's going to be a clear out completely. I mean, they'll, they'll clear the whole decks because it would have been so disappointing, especially given that they've – They've managed to get themselves into a position for four or five weeks ago. Actually, four weeks ago, yep. people were just ridiculed. Remember, we had the the Wednesday night. Um, well, they were behind Brisbane, Carlos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, and they, they had that awful loss against uh, West Sydney Wanderers and also Central Coast before that, and people were just jumping off completely. And uh, but they've worked their way into a position now where they really should make the finals. If they don't, uh, that will be hugely disappointing. More disappointing than anything else they've done this season. And uh, but I think. It, if they make it, they can make, uh, win a final. Not because of how well they're playing, but because of the, the, the level that everyone else is playing at. Mm. They're dropping points, and there's no reason why they can't 
win a final, maybe even go deeper. Thomas, you still there? Yeah, yeah. What's your assessment? You, you, you've been a, a long-time supporter. You, you must be happy they look like making finals. Yeah, well, going to the games, it's just, there's, it's more, the atmosphere is better. There's a, there's a, you know, it's very, we're very apprehensive at the, at the games through the Melbournians. You, you just tell that it's a, it's a good thing. I think I think we need to make finals, uh, regardless of if we come fifth or, or sixth with the Perth Glory thing. I think uh, if we can win a final, especially an away final away from home, that'll be that'll be huge for our club. If we if we lose our first final, depending on what happens, like I'll take you back to the only final that Hart ever played at. We got done three mm. uh, nil. Perth, Perth away, yep. Was, yeah, that was just an, a bit of an embarrassment with Shane Smith just absolutely wiped the floor with us. If if that if they can. If they go to say an Adelaide Cooper Stadium full, you know we we come we come away we we get beaten one nil. It's a it's a scrap fest. It's a great game. I think I think it's still going to be a successful season. Yeah, you know I think uh, with Kennedy on your books now, you're better because you've got someone to to kick it to. And Corin coming in when he did it also, his first few games were were really good for the club. I I tend I my my personal opinion is that. Even though you were losing at the start with David V, you were playing high tempo football, and that sort of petered out, and then you sort of uh, you caved a little bit mentally, and now you're sort of clawing your way back. And yes, you're in the finals, and and you'll put put up a good fight. I think Van Schip's done a good job turning it around, but I I don't think he'd be long for the finals if you get in. Good on you, Thomas. Thanks for your call. Interesting stuff uh, when you talk to somebody who's been there since the start with Melbourne Hard Melbourne City. Hey, uh. uh Thomas mentioned uh, Perth Glory in his call. Uh, what's the update on that? So I understand that uh, they've been given a slight extension by the FFA. <laughs> yeah, um, apparently they had to put in their case yes, this afternoon by three. Cause. Yeah, that's right. They had the show cause, mm. and uh, and then what they did was they sent a little message to the FFA saying we need more time. So the FFA kindly gave them till seven o'clock tonight. <laughs> Haven't they heard so, of the fax machine over there? They yeah. just fax the yeah, stuff through. There's someone by the shredder as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> going on there. Just put it through. You know, like in Argo when when the yeah. embassy is about to be raided and they got yeah. a furnace yeah, yeah. and they, they're breaking the computers. That's what's going on there. Yeah, I'm thinking more Tom Cruise in the firm. <laughs> yeah, the firm yeah, as well. They, they're shredded there too. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Also, boiler room with uh, Eric Norton. Yeah. I'm I mean, there's uh, Edward Norton, sorry. Uh, there's a bit of shredding going on there too. Uh, look, uh, you know, it sounds like their 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 uh, justification of what happened was misunderstanding. Uh, Ignorance. Yeah, it, it, the sort of misinterpretation mm. of what, you know, they were allowed to do what they're not allowed to do. What worries me, if that gets accepted, it means that there'll be a lot of other clubs who will not be... Interpreting things Are you the way they should. There's an amnesty. <laughs> well, I, I, you know what worries me is that if if a club feels that they could go down this track, that they might not be being audited properly by the FFA. If they're not being audited properly by the, FFA, we're in a real big problem because if if Perth Glory's doing it, allegedly, uh, chances are someone else is doing it too, on the basis of not interpreting the the rules of of the salary cap and how to enforce it and so forth. So I think this could be a, a real big issue for the FFA if they haven't been policing it properly. Now, we were talking in the green room about how, um, you know, it was 400000 and, and and we're also talking about the, the marquee player, that there's no cap on how much you can give a marquee player. So why couldn't you? And this is going back to our discussions a few weeks ago about how to keep Kalfala. <laughs> pay your marquee player You're still looking for a way, and aren't just you, get really? your marquee player to just, you know, loan... 
Help us some money. Or have him as a flatmate. Yeah, or as a flatmate, <laughs> you know. Paying cash. And yeah. that could be another way around things, couldn't it? Surely, no, if, if it's a, unlimited, that, what you give no, your market. It's, like, it's pretty tight. Uh, look, the salary cap's actually, when it's done properly, when it's set up properly, is actually policed really tightly. There's a thing so, called an audit trail. Yeah, that's Carlos, right. You'd know <laughs> exactly a bit about right. That. Yeah, no, the audit trail. And so it, it would be policed properly. Now, what worries me is, because it's not only this year we're talking about. Perth were investigated for a couple of years beforehand too. So they've had a little bit of history. It's chronic. Yeah. So, um, and again, this is all allegations. We'll see what, what all happens. But it sounds like there's no dispute that something went on, that monies went doesn't to... Doesn't seem to be. Yeah, it doesn't, I don't think anyone's arguing that. It's how the, the rules were interpreted. And that's what uh, Perth may be arguing. And we'll have to wait and see. But if that's the case, guaranteed, boys, there'll be other clubs... Who are who are looking for loopholes or looking for ways around it, and if that's the case, the FFA haven't done their job properly. Hmm. There's a calculator on calculator on the iPhone, isn't there? Isn't there isn't is, it yes. the salary? Isn't shouldn't it just be as simple as getting the calculator out and just adding up how much you're paying a particular? Look, if they've done this, they deserve to have the absolute book thrown at them. And I would, and I hope. But you know, in two thousand, I feel sorry for on, Tony Sage. The, the only previous example of this was Sydney in two thousand and five. Mm. They'd already won the championship, and it was discovered afterwards that they breached the salary cap. They got docked three points for the following year and fined one hundred seventy three thousand dollars, and they got to keep the trophy. Now that's a poor precedent. Well, I'm telling you, that's a problem they've got. It's a poor precedent because I would think that it's got to be more. Like what happened to Melbourne Storm? Well, well David Gallup's in the, CEO in the seat now. Yeah, has got form in this yeah. uh, area, and that was not only loss of points. It was in that season where so, they were going to make finals. So, do you think he should do it retrospectively with Sydney FC? Because <laughs> he did it. Well, he can't obviously control that. But Why not? Perth, well, he could ten years ago. Well, take the well, take the rings off them. They, well, you know, he did that with Melbourne Storm. Didn't he he? Did. That was retrospective. Yeah, they did. Yep. Anyway. So, let's but I think that was proven. Mm. That was proven that the salary cap breaches had been over a period of the time that they'd won those premierships. Which and they were what systematic or systemic? Systemic. Uh, right, I think yeah. Brian Waldron had two sets of files, which is unfortunate. But look, would you imagine <laughs> that Tony Sage would be a would? Is it possible that he, as the owner, would not be aware of these things happening? It's like. You're the CEO. I trust you because I'd feel absolutely devastated for Tony Sage, and he's threatened to walk out before. You'd have every justification if you were him to think, "Well, that's it." You know, the team that the best team I've had is not going to play finals because of this. There's it's every just... chance that he wouldn't know what was going on, but there is also a possibility that he would have. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. Uh, I mean, would that's, he... a, that's, that's an unanswerable question. Would yeah. he know that he wasn't meant to know? <laughs> Well, that's the question. Well, that's a good point. Apparently, there's, from what I've heard, that, that there's emails between players knowing what was going on. <laughs> so, but, but and and at the end of those emails is don't tell Tony. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Tony. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. It's, well, yeah, it's it's one of those ones that we'll have to wait and see. But it does. It sounds like something. Uh, not right has been happening. Well, the FFA yeah. have received the documents or yeah. received the uh, response to the show call, second show cause notice, uh, even by the extended time yep. that they got, given that, you know, Perth is two hours behind. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Now. That's... So uh, they've, they've done that. It was received in the letterbox today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll just wait and see what the FFA have to say. I'm just wondering, is it possible in life, in sport, in work, 
that you ever receive a show cause notice and it's a positive thing. <laughs> we are you. <laughs> is there any a show cause why you've been so good? <laughs> yeah. Are you ever going to receive a show cause notice and it's going to be positive news? No. No, I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think, yeah, it's like a positive, it's a performance <laughs> review. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Show us why you're so good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's another okay, million yeah, dollars. It's never possible, is it? Yeah. It's not going to happen. Mm. No. Hey, just... Uh, before we go to the break, that means obviously, you know, the Perth Glory are now equal top with a game. Uh, Melbourne Victory are on top not at the for moment, long. but not uh, for long. Nick, they've got a game in hand. So that throws be, that into complete disarray. They, they won't be playing finals. No, they will. That's you know, my tip. I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be flabbergasted if they play finals. But on, the, on the back, finals? Of, back of this issue, yeah, yeah you I, mean? I can't see them not. Uh, can you imagine if they won nah. the, the Premier's plate now and the grand final and then and they've been cited. You couldn't. They're gone. If they're, yeah. if it's, they're guilty, they're not playing finals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, Adelaide threw a spanner in the works while they defeated Sydney FC. Uh, that was an interesting game, oh, actually. Amazing, <laughs> wasn't it? A1 it, was Mabil, it was a beautiful goal. Yeah, A1 yeah, Mabil came on. And, and, oh, yeah. By the way, can I start, you know how people talk about Archie Thompson being mm. like the best player in the 10 years of the A-League? Not far away. I, I reckon Eugene Galekovic through that 10 years, as a goalkeeper, of course, mm. totally different position and so forth, but as a goalkeeper, it's hard-pressed to see that he there'd be another player in you know before him, if you're talking about hit, Archie being number one, Eugene probably number two, yep. best player in the, in the competition for 10 years. He'd have to be up there, Carlos. Yeah. I mean, his performance mm. uh, on, I think, Saturday night was yeah. just outstanding. Brilliant. I mean, he, he, he was the reason they, they won. They won the Bills goal was an absolute beauty from mm. the young fella. He's, he's actually a... Um, you've adopted him, haven't you, Vinny? Yes, one of your uh, favourites. Um, on my recent trip to Adelaide, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, that's I did, right. you did went meet to him. Marsh, nice you? guy. Yeah, <laughs> he, he is a very uh, good footballer and, and is that kind of impact player that can come on and And, and did you score. see the assist? It was a uh, Eugene Galekovic. That's right. Yeah, flat punt right. that went sixty meters yeah. to his feet. Yeah, that was uh, outstanding. Oh, and I think off. credit to Broski. I think he said that if the game had gone two hundred and fifty minutes, yeah. there still wouldn't have been a goal because Eugene would have yeah. found a way to save yeah. it. So. Brosk was a little bit unlucky a couple of times, <laughs> no, was. wasn't he? That was probably one of his best games this year. I would have thought. But uh, a Melbourne victory spanked uh, Wellington Phoenix over there to kind of stamp. Their mm. imprint on this season. Well, and Phoenix were very ordinary. I thought. Yes, they so, had no answers. Oh, but yeah, but they just didn't. Uh, and and, and Musky actually mentioned this in the press conference afterwards that he was surprised that they didn't pressure yeah. victory more. They, they just, just really stood back. off them. Yeah, really has the bottom off. fallen out of Wellington? I just think they two was, three it, nil it was, losses it was, at home. Yeah, rarefied air being on top, and they just couldn't cope with it. I think we'll know this weekend, won't they? They they come away. They've been good away. They play Melbourne City. And there's a lot to play for mm. now as far as Wellington hopefully trying to get a home final because they could find themselves not being getting not getting a home final. You'd think that would be where they're at. That would be the minimum that they'd be looking for, which is a home this, final. This will be a very good test for Melbourne City. It will. They should win. Melbourne City should win. Due to win, given that they've lost two, two on the trot quite heavily. So they're going to be wanting to prove something as well to just yep. sort of stake their claim. And so Melbourne City, given that they... They haven't been playing champagne football, but enough football to to win them games. And given that Wellington's also quite an attacking, aggressive team, I reckon it'd be a good one to get to. Looking forward to that. I'm assuming that Warren will be there on Sunday at Uh, Amy Park. City versus uh, Wellington Phoenix. And um, Melbourne victory take on Newcastle Jets, uh, who are bottom of the table, but... uh, 
Kevin saying, uh, don't underestimate them. They're moving cones uh, at the moment. Yes, Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne they're playing Castle. on Friday night. Let's take a break now, and when we come back, we'll speak to Mike McGrath on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. OK, guys, the rules of soccer are very simple. If it moves, kick it. If it doesn't move, kick it until it does. This has been a halftime pep talk by the Four Diego's. On 11.16 SEN, the Four Diego's. Coming up after the Diego's, it's uh, Darren Parkin with the all-night appetite uh, from midnight till six. We're here now, of course, uh, and we're going to cross all the way to the... Do we uh, have to? Yes, we're going to go to the UK, and we're going to start with Liverpool, actually. (sighs) Hey, Mike McGrath, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, of course, from the Sun. And uh, you've got Rodrigo here, Mike. You've got Vinny, Warren and Carlos. Now, Michael, when I use the word aftermath or aftermath, you know, it almost implies there was a massacre or something that happened. Now, Liverpool were kind of thrashed, really. No, by, they, they cleaned were, up. No, absolutely cleaned up by Arsenal 4-1. Don't use inflammatory and, language. Well, 4-1. I mean, I don't have to. There was no inflammation there. <laughs> <laughs> there's inflammation in other parts, yeah, Rodrigo. There's, there's no. Now, of course, Brendan Rodgers has had to deny that uh, there's a, there was a crisis meeting where there was a bit of anger with this team. Is there a crisis at Liverpool, Mike? Um, I think that I I wouldn't call it a crisis. I I I say they are they won over the last two games because they have been poor in them. But before that, they're on an absolutely fantastic run. They were finding, uh, they found that formation, how they could beat people. Um, but I just think United and Arsenal kind of got found a way around that, the three centre-backs, and did it really well and beat them quite convincingly. I think it's, um, as well as Rogers did to kind of create that formation, that system that got winning, he's going to have to do it again because people have found him out again. Mike Vinny here. Is the FA Cup really, really, really important now to Liverpool? Do they need to bring home silverware? Um, I, you know, I would have said yes before last night, before Telhurst Park. And the way City are playing, you know, if, if Liverpool beat Newcastle on Monday after United beat City, then game on again. I think that, that top four is not out of the question. But I thought it was such a crushing blow, those two defeats, that before um, City got beat, I would have said, yes, everything is all on beating um, Blackburn tonight, then going on to beat Villa in the semi-finals, then, you know, let's face it, probably Arsenal uh, in the final. Um, so I do. I think most probably they need it season and make it a really good season. But I just there's, there's just a glimmer of hope for them. After, uh, after what Palace did to City. Yeah, Mike, as a Liverpool fan staying up on on Saturday night, I was surprised, not so much Liverpool weathered an onslaught and, you know, Sturridge was injured and Lalana had come back with a slight injury, but playing, yeah, yeah, no, Colo Torre as 33, a guy that's not going to get another contract where you've got Lovren at the, sitting on the bench... I was just surprised with the selections. I mean, even um, even Lucas coming back into that side, I suppose, surprised me. Just every so often, Brendan Rodgers' selection of players confuses me a little bit, and I would say would confuse some Liverpool play, um, fans. Yeah, I, I think it's 
yeah, I mean, that selection was a big, big kick in the teeth to Dejan Lovren, and obviously a £20 million player who can't get ahead of Polo Torre, who, who really did look uh, out of place at the Emirates. Um, he had a poor game, and I, I think Sacco's still adjusting as well, and they really missed uh, Martin Skirtle. Um, not to have Lovren there. And then, like you say, we, we actually, we had a... Obviously, Lucas was having a bad game, and we could all kind of see that. He was losing the ball, he was sloppy. And I looked on the stats, and he hadn't played for a while, actually. It was, you know, it was, that was quite a surprising uh, a surprising selection from him. But, you know, Rogers kind of lives and dies by these selections as well, you know. He's, he's obviously he's dropped Steven Gerrard for Real Madrid, things like that. And he's... Um, and maybe fell Colo Torre against his old club would have worked, but you know, as we saw, it, it really, it really didn't. He, he looked out of place. Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Brendan Rodgers does live and, buy, and die by his decisions. He played hardball with Luis Suarez when he was sucking. Uh, looking to move from uh, Liverpool a few years ago. He uh, stood by his guns, and then um, Luis Suarez ended up coming back and playing great football, almost in the top three players in the world. He's almost got to do the same thing with Raheem Sterling now. With two years left on his contract, the the kid's uh, asking for £100,000 plus, uh, and it looks like Liverpool are going to not sell him, um, and if he's unhappy, they'll keep him. Uh, do you think they'll win this one the way they won the Luis Suarez uh, case? Well, I think, you know, they got the price they wanted for Suarez, and I think if they get the price that they want for Sterling, it'll probably go. Um, but that will be astronomical. Um, it will be more than £50 million for a very young player who has only got two seasons left on his contract. Uh, I think they will play it that the signs are from Anfield is that they are going to play hardball. They're not going to roll over on this one. And obviously, uh, the signs from Sterling is that something isn't right. You don't go on TV to do unauthorised interviews without uh, something being a... So, I think um, with two years, it's a real tricky one. I, I just feel that somebody will probably take a gamble on him. He's an exceptional player. Uh, I think they will take a gamble on him and really test whether Liverpool will sell him for around the 50, 50 million mark. And if I reckon, I reckon they will if, if, if somebody comes in with that kind of money. Mike Vinny here. Can we just go to Manchester now where it seems to be a tale of two managers? Van Gaal has certainly lived up to all the, all the hype and expectation. He's got Man U up to third place now. And Pellegrini is the guy on the back foot. Um, how much pressure is Pellegrini under given uh, his team can't sort of, sort of win a game? Yeah, I, I think he's under big pressure. I don't think you'll be hearing anything in the next uh, 24 hours about him going, but they they have these season reviews uh, at, at City. Uh, come the end of the season, he'll sit down with the owners and um, kind of explain where it all went wrong. And it has gone wrong, really, for him this season. It's, it, they've been limited by... Uh, they've had squad restrictions due to UEFA rules uh, on FFP. Um but it's a poor, t- you know, it's a poor defence of the of the title. And I think what he can do is win these last uh, six or seven games convincingly. Got a chance, I think. But if they slip any further, I think I think he really will have a hard time keeping his job. Um, Van Hal, on the other hand, it's all you know, it's coming together at the right time for him. He's kind of 
patched the team together really. Um, very imbalanced squad. He's got he's got a system where they've started to play well. Rooney's up front um, again. Herrera and Massa somehow come play, come good again. So things are they're, they're they're the momentum team going into the derby on Sunday. And Mike, um, every team in the bottom six wants to start winning games seven games out from the end of the season. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's, uh, it is hopping up down there. I've, I know this is really boring to say, but I've just got a feeling it's going to be the three that came up. But, you know, um, Leicester, I think, are gone. And I think QPI, if they are having this surge like they have over the last few days, they've left it a bit too late. I just think Burnley might, you know, as good as Sean Dyche is, I think Villa might just edge ahead of him. I think West Brom are already there. So I, uh, Hull maybe, could have a look at them. But I just got a feeling it might be those three that came up. Hey, Mike, uh, we'll analyse the bottom six uh, when we've got a little bit more time. But uh, that's it for this week's show. So thanks for your time again, as always. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. Here's Mike McGrath from The Sun. As I said, that's it for this week's show, guys. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday. Some fantastic A-League uh, games going on. So make sure you, you check those out. So remember, Carlos. We're Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We're we'll there. there. Wherever you Sumba, Rumba and La Bumba. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there are girls with balls on their feet and <laughs> fruit on their head. We'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Be there. We are the Fortiagos. Olé! Olé! 